This episode is sponsored by the IoT Job Site, the world's only dedicated space for applying for and advertising IoT vacancies across the world. Register now for job alerts or get in touch via Let's Talk at the IoTJobSite.com. Hello and welcome to the IoT Podcast. I'm your host today, Brad King Taylor. I'm the head of business for UK. Today, we are lucky to be joined by Ralph Farco, who is the Chief Growth Officer and Managing Director for IoT for Connexin. Ralph, great to see you. How are you? How are you keeping? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, really great to see you as well. Thank you for inviting me. I'm uh, I'm good. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. I mean, we're excited to see what Connexin are up to. So, should we get straight into it? Um, Ralph, if you could just introduce us to your journey in the world of IoT, uh, how you got to where you are at the moment, um, and give us a brief overview of what Connexin actually does for the audience purpose. Sure. So uh, a little bit of background on me. Um, more than 25 years, won't tell you exactly how many, uh, working in IT and telecoms. Um, I've worked for some of the biggest telecoms companies uh, around like Orange, Virgin Media Business uh, and others. And I've also worked in a number of um, startup organizations, um, particularly around AI and platforms in the AI space. Um, so always in sales, marketing, in management, uh, running organizations, both domestically and globally. And my journey into IoT was really through an old boss of mine, um, who is the chairman of uh, Connexin. Um, who had a conversation with me and said they're doing some incredible stuff. Um, do you want to come along and, and join the fun? Um, get on the bus and uh, and see what you can do to help. And I started to do a little bit of consulting work for Connexin um, and absolutely <clears throat> loved what was happening. So um, it was an inev- inevitable uh, decision to say, I'm going to join uh, full time and, uh, and give it my all to help the business to grow. Um, and prior to joining Connexin, I'd had experience of IoT, but not specifically had teams responsible for selling uh, IoT. Um, but uh, always I've been around in the, the telecommunications space, the connectivity space, and there are lots of things which overlap. So, yeah, so I've, uh, I've been on board full time for just about a year now. Oh, brilliant. Oh, so he, he sold you the dream and it came about that the dream was actually reality. And uh, I've been having a look, quick look at some of the stuff that you got to. Fantastic. <clears throat> so um, I suppose in if you were to give a couple of sentences into exactly what Connexin does, um, you could you reckon you could do that for us? Yes. Yeah, so Connexin has two sides to the business. Um, the first part is really around um, fiber broadband, telecommunications, the traditional uh, telecom services. Um, And in fact, um, Connexin got an investment uh, a couple of years ago to start to build out a full fiber network across Hull and East Riding. Um, If you know anything about the telecommunications market, you'll know that that was always uh, the monopoly of KCOM. And so what Connexin set about doing was providing the residents and the businesses of Hull and East Riding with the choice that they've been denied for 20 plus years. So huge amounts of effort and activity are going into building uh, the fastest possible fibre network to enable 
consumers and businesses to have the broadband services and other telecommunications type services around that. Uh, the other side of the business is the IoT part, um, which is essentially enabling uh, cities, buildings, uh, health uh, organizations, uh, utilities, and enterprises to be able to connect up data that's coming from the external world, from sensors that are out there measuring things, to uh, data that exists in the internal world, i.e. data that's already in systems and tools that um, the organizations already have. And we enable that to, to effectively, um, that data to come across our network or networks, depending on what kind of technology, and uh, bring that into our platform, which then enables you to correlate all sorts of different data sets uh, against each other, uh, which provides significant value in terms of insights. And those insights can then uh, be turned into you know, actionable intelligence, which means that organizations can then decide to do things differently. Um, so there's lots of great stuff um, that we provide as a solution set. You know, it's all about getting that data from wherever you want to get it, labeling it to come across the network that we'll put in place. But then the magic happens inside the platform, uh, which um, can actually be a game changer to those that are running uh, these systems and the customers that we have. Yeah, amazing. Um, I mean, the IoT world is massive, right? And I think uh, probably to beyond some people's wildest imaginations, or you touched on yourself, it, it can potentially be a game changer. You touched on some of the key IT, IoT solutions that um, Connexin provides. What um, industries are you seeing the most prominent growth or impact from, from what you guys are up to? Well, um, it's really interesting that at the moment there is a huge move in the water industry uh, to move from AMR meter readings, which are effectively the drive-by meter readings where somebody has yeah. a handheld terminal which effectively connects to the meters that they're close to and then they get a meter reading through to AMI meter readings, which is essentially where the meters are connected all the time uh, via a network to enable the water companies to um, get up-to-date real-time data on water usage. And they can, from that information, also spot where other things may be uh, challenges like leakage detection and, and, and stuff in, in that area. There's a huge drive for that. Lots of changes going on in the market um, and we have, in fact, won uh, the first uh, major uh, AMI meter rollout um, uh, contract with Seven Trent uh, to do this wow. with quite a, a large area uh, that they have. Um, and we're seeing basically all the other water companies doing a similar thing uh, and looking for how they're going to do this. So it's a huge um drive uh, an initiative uh, that we are very grateful to be working with uh, Seven Trent on and others besides that will be coming down the line at some point in the future. That's really interesting. Um, the other area clearly is around smart cities. Um, mm. we, we talk about smart cities as if they're one entity. A city is a, is a single thing and in fact it isn't. It's a, it's a collection of different departments uh, yeah. different use cases and actually just so many different use cases across so many different things um, and it's very exciting because you can be looking at the data that 
uh, a council will have internally, uh, which is all to do with their residents, could be to do with uh, antisocial behaviour, and it could be to do with, I don't know, school exclusions or various things like that. You can also then take the data from just hundreds of different types of sensors, uh, pull those into the system, uh, and enable the city to start being run on a on a smarter basis. Um, so we're talking to many different councils, city councils, about the sorts of things that they're trying to do. Um, we're talking to many different parts of those councils as well, because invariably it's not just one entity within the council that we're talking to. It's actually about ensuring that the data that we might capture because, I don't know, let's say the uh, the um, street scene team needs to uh, pull a load of data, or in fact, the water utilities uh, need to pull a lot of, lot of data. We're actually seeing how other departments within a city can benefit from the data which is being pulled for uh, another side of the council because it's just incredibly useful to enable them to think differently about how they're providing services to their residents um, and how they're utilizing their uh, their spend across the the, the city. Um, so it, it's, I mean, it's just a vast area, um, particularly in, in the city environment. Yeah, amazing. I mean, the, the stuff you touched on with the water is fantastic. Congratulations, by the way. Um, huge to be the first. Um, uh, I suppose that with all this exciting stuff, there does come hurdles. Um, I'm keen to dive into a little bit more on the smart city side of things. And you've touched on already with the councils. Um, so local authorities, we all know they're always under increasing pressure to deliver quality services uh, to improve the quality of, of lives around the city, but also while reducing spend, right? So um, I'm keen to understand a bit more about the key challenges faced by the cities and the councils uh, and how you uh, are helping overcome that and, uh, and where we can over overcome the challenges, I suppose, is the easiest way of putting it. Yeah, I mean... I think I come back to the point I made before, yeah. which is that a city isn't simply one entity. It's yeah. a group of different departments and different budgets. Um, actually, there's a there's a white paper which has recently been produced by UK Black Tech, which has interviewed a lot of different uh, people from uh, a number of different cities uh, to look at what the challenges are. Um, and one thing really comes out clearly, and in fact I mention it in the section in that white paper that I wrote, which is that if you're going to get a city to become smart, you really need to bring the different parts of that city together and actually start to think about how you're going to maximise the spend uh, to benefit more than just the budget holder who's signing off on that spend, but how's it going to benefit other parts of the city as well. Um, so having a, a truly integrated approach to being a smart city is is really important. And we've seen that with um, the likes of Hull City Council, um, where we've been providing an integrated smart city platform uh, for them for many years. Um, and also now with um, Sunderland City Council as well, we're providing them with their platform, um, where they've got the vision to look at how they integrate the data sets from 
lots of different areas, lots of different departments, so that they can really work out what the business case is for how that city or each of those cities in, in both those cases can um, actually make best use of the budget that they've got available uh, to ensure that they're returning the best possible uh, outcomes for their citizens. So I would say that that's the first thing um, that, that you need to do. The second then is to really look at the technology. Um, now a bespoke um, or rather a, uh, an IoT platform that's built for IoT solutions from the ground up is always going to be the most flexible and the best um, solution for IoT use cases. There are lots of other things uh, that collect data, lots of other uh, much bigger companies than we are, um, you know, global companies that are providing uh, platforms that take data and present it in different ways. Um, but they tend to be built for every possible use case of the presentation of that data under the sun. Whereas what we do and what specialist providers do from a platform perspective is ensure that we're taking the right data and presenting it in the way that is optimal for those that are looking to make their cities smarter. And it's really important to do that in a way that every member of the council uh, who wants to have access to the data and has a need to be able to query it can actually get access to that data in a digestible format without them having to go through a huge amount of training to work out how the platform works or how to interpret what the data means when they see it. So we go through a painstaking process to ensure that when users get added to the system because they need to be able to query the data and then have a look at it, that they can do it really simply and easily. Just log on, have a look at it, very intuitive, understand what it says, um, what it means to them, etc. Clearly, there's a huge back end to the system that we and our solutions architects and our dev team will work on to make sure that various different data sets are, you know, are are pulled together to be correlated, but we will always do that in a way that gets visualized so that those who are using it can use it um, simply. One of the biggest killers of, of platform uh, um, adoption is the, uh, the fact that people just find it too complicated to use the systems. So yeah. we want to try and make it as easy as possible to do. Yeah, which I which I think is is the key, um, uh, especially with, I, I suppose with technology and uh, and anything and implementing anything like this, there's always going to be a fear, I would imagine, um, especially from from council members uh, investing this technology that they think that potentially their employees might not use or be able to get their head around. Um, so when it comes to that sort of um, side of things, is there anything advice wise that you would like? to give councils or anything that you would want to see a council or uh, a government really change in their ways to, to be able to get this get this working across, not just Hull, for instance, uh, other, other councils and governments? Um, I think it is about aligning the different parts of the organisation and actually coming at it from a perspective of the outcomes first. 
So it'd be very easy as a technology company, I could sit here going, oh, you know, we need to make sure that it's all about the, the particular sensors and chipsets and the LoRaWAN network and how the platform does its, you know, really incredibly clever stuff. Um, actually, all of those are just enablers to um, to the outcomes which the council is trying to drive. Um, so first step, what are the outcomes that the council wants to put forwards and, and how do they want to help either, I don't know, regenerate a particular area and there are lots of use cases around how you know we can help and the platform and the technology can help enable that versus practical things such as you know air pollution monitoring and how that can then uh, enable them to look at strategy decisions around um, you know the bus service improvement plans that they may have and you know trying to drive people onto the buses and cars off the roads um, all the way through to temperature sensors on the the road to know when to use the grit um, and when not to and how to best cost optimize your grit usage um, and, yeah. and to keep people safe so it, it's about the outcomes first then it's about sitting down with us to actually plan out what the metrics are that are going to be pulled together and how they're going to be presented. What's going to be useful? Um, when you've got so much data, it can be easy to present too much of it um, in a way that can just confuse. And it's like, well, I'm not quite sure how to interpret that. You know, it's like, for example, over the last two years, we've had lots of statistics uh, around, you know, COVID cases. Um, and there is so much data out there that you'd be forgiven for kind of going, I just don't really, don't really know which way is up. What are the things that I should be looking at? I'll just use that as an example, because yeah. it's one that we've, we've had in our recent history. So there's a, there's a real piece of work, which is around how to ensure that we're only presenting the information which is going to be necessary for... Um, us to help the council deliver the outcomes that they're seeking to deliver and then once we've done that to start with we can then look at what are the additional data sets or data correlations which could then layer on top to look at other things that we might not have dreamt of yet but because the data exists we can start to think about how that data could be used in a different way um, but it's very much a kind of an iterative process always starting from the outcomes yeah Amazing. I mean, that in itself, the fact that you've just come up with that on the spot, I think it, it is amazing uh, on it on its own. Uh, and you guys are up to some really important stuff. So it, very much like your website suggests as well, I think it's up to us to define what happens tomorrow, um, to, to steal your tagline, if you like. Um, but what does tomorrow look like for you? What's what's next for Connexit? Where can you go with, with the technologies and solutions that you're implementing at the moment? Well, um, the you know we are very much a, um, a a provider of LoRaWAN networks. We know that eighty-ish percent of the use cases around um, smart devices and sensors uh, is essentially um, LoRaWAN chipset enabled, and therefore a LoRaWAN network infrastructure is what's needed to be able to pull that data from the sensors through into the network. And that's, that's really important because the way that the sensors um, tend to work, so if you take, if you take a, a water meter, for example, that's going to sit underground under a metal lid uh, for years, it's going to be running on a battery. 
and that battery is going to have to last a really long time and that battery just wouldn't be able to last long enough if you were using high-powered networks yeah. you know 4g 5g you know how quickly your mobile phone battery dies even if not you're not using it because there's this keep alive that's yeah. going constantly going hello network and hello phone etc so the LoRaWAN network infrastructure is critically important, I think, to the um, uh, to the adoption of more and more um, uh, smart use cases across uh, cities, health authorities, utilities, buildings, etc. Um, and that's where we come in. This is what we do as a, as a specialist um, IoT network provider. We will roll out LoRaWAN network infrastructure. Now we can clearly provide full fiber that's what we're doing in Hull for residents and businesses and we can provide and we do in a number of places provide wi-fi connectivity to um, town centers public wi-fi um, and we can enable sensors that are plugging into the mains to be able to connect you know in whatever way so effectively we can do all of it but what we do know is that there is a huge need for uh, LoRaWAN network and that's what we are enabling uh, with Seven Trent, for example, across uh, large parts of um, Coventry and Warwickshire, uh, for example, which then enables um, any kind of business, whether it's city, utility, health, building, enterprises of, of, of some sort, agriculture, to be able to utilise that same network infrastructure with the relevant sensors that help them achieve the outcomes that they've already defined that, that, that they need. Uh, in order to pull that data through into the platform for them to be able to do something with it, whatever that something happens to be for them. Um, so that's really important for us, ensuring that we have the best and most flexible uh, Connects in OS, that's the name of our platform, uh, which we sometimes refer to as, as ISCP or Integrated Smart Cities Platform, but it's effectively all built on Connects in OS. That's really important because, it, as I said before, it is where the magic happens. You know, having the data is one thing. Having it pu pulled together and correlated in a way that's going to make sense is another. So ensuring the continual development of that um, so that we can deliver the outcomes for cities and, and you know, I've mentioned the other verticals that we're working with as well um, is really important uh, to us. Um, and then it's a question of dreaming up what those use cases are, because once you've got the LoRaWAN network infrastructure in place, once you've got a platform, actually you're almost unlimited, uh, yeah. um, not quite, but almost, almost, in terms of what you can dream up. You know, you want to measure temperature, luminosity, air quality, motion, whatever these things are, well, then let's look at the combination of those and what is that going to actually tell you about how your city how your community or how your business is running um, and how that can then help you become more efficient more effective uh, providing the better services for the you know council tax or other government funding that the cities are getting yeah and i think that adaptability that um that uh, ability to learn uh, as we move. I mean, IoT and connected devices is is moving so fast every day. We're seeing something new. Um, like you mentioned, LoRaWAN's going to change things. 5G's going to change things. There's going to be more and more things coming in all the time that we just, we need to be able to 
to do something with. So the fact that you're constantly learning, I think it is vital. Um, and some of the stuff you, you can do with this data or learn about is, is magnificent. I mean, go back to a previous podcast, like you can use lights to, to, to learn about air quality and yeah, it, it, it's superb. And I think we're just going to keep learning, keep growing. Right. <laughs> and it looks like companies like you are going to be forever in, in people's, in people's minds. So yeah, congratulations. Yeah, well, and your point about the lights, you know, I, I, we, um, I think there's a huge thing. We, we know that we've got an energy crisis, um, you know, and we know that we need to be more efficient in our homes. You know, yes, there's the challenge of, um, you know, air travel and shipping transportation and, and the contribution that they make to the, uh, the you know the, the challenge that's out there from a, a pollution perspective um, but what we can do from a smart buildings point of view and in offices but also in residential is just immense you know where you have you have a sensor that is effectively a, a smart light switch that is also measuring temperature and humidity and I mean just countless other yeah. things which then enables the building to learn, uh, how the people who occupy it use it, and then it can learn when to turn the heating on or off, assuming it's electric infrared, you know, heaters yeah. rather than a, you know a wet um, radiator system, um, and that can then make the building, the house, much more energy efficient. And with the challenges that we've all faced of fifty-four percent or whatever the increase is in our energy bills um, over the last well few weeks. Um, that's going to have a massive impact and that is just another example of how iot can help an individual not just cities it's not just about cities it's about you know individuals that it can help and the more ubiquitous that becomes uh the more it changes individuals lives as well as those that are running the cities and the communities and and, and the buildings it's amazing i think what what this technology can achieve is is beyond measure. I mean, you've said it, I think three or four times in just then the word learn, uh, I touched on adaptability and being able to, to learn, to learn, there we go again, as we're moving on. And I think that is the key. We're always constantly learning. Um, and some of the technologies that you, that I see on a daily basis, things like sensors in roads to pick up how many cars are going. So pollution, all that sort of stuff, this all comes from IT connectivity. So yeah, it, it's amazing. And I, adaptable and learn to two key words from this i think so thank you very much there's one more question okay um now this question has come from a, a the last podcast so eric hewitson um from wild networks uh he would like to put a question to you ralph and the question is iot uh adaptation is uh accelerating but what uh, one activity should iot companies be thinking about in order to enable general business adoption Uh, oh, there are so many things that all IoT companies need to do, but if I was to pick one, um, I would say that it's to educate um, people and the people that work in the cities and in businesses uh, about just what IoT can enable for them. Because I think for many people, so if I just if I take my you know t take the kind of test, would my uh, would my grandmother have understood um, what IoT is? 
she's no longer with us, but um, you know, if I were to use that test, uh, I think the answer is no, because she'd probably perceive it as being a bit of a buzzword in the industry, and it's like, what, what does this IoT stand for? Um, and and I think that when we work in technology, we just we love a good acronym. Um, we we love to talk in these, you know, Lorawan, IoT, all sorts of buzzwords. Actually, we need to we need to come down to a level where we can talk about it in a way that makes people understand the benefit of it to them. How, how's it going to make their world different? How's it going to make it cheaper for them from an energy perspective in their homes? How is it going to enable them to, you know, have services that are run in a better way so that, you know, certain councils, like I, I live in London, the council I, I'm in, uh, the, the council tax is double the um, uh, council area that's next door to us, right? So similar number of people that live in each and similar kind of topography and, and you know, London boroughs, but one charge is almost twice as much as the other. Well, if we can educate people to understand how using smart technology can make the changes, the efficiencies, the betterment of uh, community living mm-hmm. such that uh, the revenues that are raised through council taxes and other government funding, etc., are used in the most optimal way, then that's going to be good for everyone. So I would say there's a huge marketing, education, sort of awareness piece that we need to do to get everybody going, do you know what, that just makes so much sense. Why aren't we doing it? Let's do it now. Uh, and it uh, perfectly links back to what we were just saying, right? Not only do we have to learn from the data, but we need to educate ourselves as well um, before we can yeah. learn from the data. So uh, it's a brilliant answer. Um, final thing, Ralph, where can the audience um, have a look at connecting what, what uh, the um, website, can, uh, contact details for yourself if you, if you want to provide them anything that... Uh, where can they find you? Well, uh, go to our website, which is connexin.co.uk, that's C-O-N-N-E-X-I-N.co.uk, uh, and you can find me at r.varco, V-A-R-C-O-E, at connexin.co.uk. Perfect. Thank you very much. You can find us on LinkedIn and Twitter, at the IoT Podcast, and, of course, the website, theiotpodcast.com. doesn't matter what platform you're watching on, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast like and comment where possible it will just give you all the relevant content and you'll know what is coming up on each episode it doesn't matter how you're connected as long as you're connected we'll see you next time thank you